Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McKay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. We've been almost 12 weeks in this series. This is the longest series I've ever done. I'm surprised you still love me, but I, I was determined that I was not going to let you live the rest of your Christian walk without getting a little deeper in the things of your God and understanding that your God is not limited by anything. And that as a son or daughter of the Most High God, that you can understand and engage with the side of his nature that is supernatural. It was our goal in this series to teach you, to build you, to help you see that the God that did miracles in the Bible is still the God doing miracles today. And that you are not a person who, can, who has to be ex extracted from that supernatural experience with him, but you can live within those supernatural experiences with your God. In fact, as we dove into this, we had a key scripture. It was found in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said, yeah, with men it is impossible, but not with God. Say it with me. For with God... All things are possible. You can do better than that. For with God, all things are possible. And we have looked at many aspects of the supernatural engagement with our God. How he speaks to us through dreams. How he communicates direction for our life through his holy word supernaturally guiding us. How he brings supernatural miraculous friendships into our life. That are made so that we could, as we go through adversity, those friends would be there. A brother born for adversity as we studied last week. And this week, crazy timing. God is, uh, we planned this series out four months ago. And today's teaching, in this session, is entitled Walking in Supernatural Love. My hope in this session is to get us thinking about love differently. God's love is of another order, it is not natural, and so therefore it accomplishes supernatural purposes. God's love is a quality all its own, unlike anything else, higher than any human notion and more powerful than any other force in all creation. His love actually begins in our lives with the most violent act of kindness imaginable, 100% directed at the people who hate him. Because the Bible says it like this in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to love him to love us back. He initiated love and taught us what love is because God actually is love. Can we study the word a little bit today? Would that be okay? Say yes. Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 4. This is a passage that you should know in your Christian walk. If you want to go back over this throughout the week, it would probably transform your life. Our key verse in this 1 John chapter 4 is found in verse 7 and 8. Let me read it to you. It says, Dear friends... Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. His very essence is love. The fact that you even understand what love is comes from God. He created it because it is what he is. He is love. Your finite understanding of love is limited because of your own humanity. But God's love is not limited. His love is not squelched. His love is not hindered. He is the God 
of love. Are you there today? Say yes. In fact, can I do this? Can I just break down this? Can I read this whole passage to you? We extracted verses 7 and 8, but let's go back and read what comes after that. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to read it all the way to verse 18, just so you can get a better picture of what God's love is like. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Continuing on, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought, careful now, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he is in us because he gives us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We rely on what? The love that God has for us. The what? The love that God has for us. Not our ability to have love, but the love that comes from him. And we rely on that love that he has for us because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. When God's presence, his Holy Spirit lives and abides in us, we have the ability to tap into his very essence of love. And the Bible constantly commands us and teaches us to love one another. It should be what flows from us. But in this world, in the wicked world in which we live, we understand hate. We understand offense. We understand anger much better than we understand the God of love and his love flowing through us to transform the nations and the people around us, if you will. And it's with that that I want you to understand that his love is never ending. His love is not limited. In fact, if you'll turn with me to Psalms 136, I'm just going to quote it to you for a little bit. Psalms 136. I'll just hit verses 1 through 4. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of God. Say it with me. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. The psalmist writes 26 verses, and at the end of every one of these statements of faith, every one of these nature, uh, understanding his nature, he quotes this piece of his love endures forever. His love cannot run out. He has no, in, he has no ability to stop loving. God's love endures forever. Where is our love? Endures but till the end of today. Uh, our love is, is really awesome until you mess with us. And then our limitations begin to be understood. But his love endures forever. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 teaches us the characteristics of love. So what is love? The Bible teaches us what love is. It actually teaches us the characteristics. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. 
It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. How rude? It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I love him, but, but what? Last week, he did, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Gives us this understanding of what love really is from God. If I could illustrate this best with you, I got my little illustration piece here today. Is that all right if I help you see it a little bit better? I would say that this is, rep, let me let this represent our capacity to love. So this is our capacity to love. And I want to illustrate that with that we have love in us, especially those of us that are Christians. And I want to explain how God is expecting as we go through life to share that love, to, to give love to others. And, and, and kind of our capacity, let's use this kind of the sponge, if you will. And we, and we have that opportunity to have love, and we soak it up, we soak it up, and we soak it up, and then we go give it to others. I'm having a hard time giving it without spreading it everywhere. There we go, come on. It's too new of a sponge. I'm going to get it everywhere. God, squeeze. Oh, thank you. Squeeze the sponge, idiot. I heard you say it. I heard you think it. You can tell I don't do well with sponges. And then we go and we share that with others. We pour it in the, their life. Okay. And then, oh, we got to draw some more love because you know what? We just got that new guy at work and he is a punk. And we're going to show him love no matter what. And so we start saying, okay, new guy, let's give the new guy a little bit of love. Everybody else is talking bad about him. We're going to share that love with him, so forth. And so, ooh, that's good. Oh, wait, I just got home from work, and my wife is complaining all about how uh, we need to uh, fix the door uh, in the backyard that she's been talking about for six weeks. Okay, I'm going to show that love. I'm going to be patient. I told her I, didn't, I wasn't able to get to it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The kids just came home from school, and they have just explained to me all about how they just felt to class, them suckers. But I'm going to love them anyway. Praise the, how do you fail a class? You dumb, you're not dumb. What's wrong with you? And I put all that love. And then what happens is we run out. And we're like, I don't understand why I'm so angry right now. It's because you have a limitation about how much love you personally and naturally can give. Oh, but there is a God who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I tried to bring a better illustration of the amount of love that he possesses, but I had a hard time getting the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean into the building today. But all I have to do is go sit in his presence and soak up a love that's beyond my ability, that's beyond my comprehension. You say, how in the world can she love him after what he's done? Somehow she's tapped into a love that's beyond her ability, beyond her capability. Somehow he's gone beyond the place of what's natural and what is common. He said, how can he love after what they've done, after what they've said, after how they've treated him? Somehow that man of God, that woman of God has tapped into a love that is never ending, that is never ceasing, that is not limited. It's called the love of God. For God is love. Who he is, his presence, his essence is love. And you and I, we have a limitation on our ability to love others. That's been very evident over the last nine months. Very evident. Oh, very evident based on your candidate, based on your feelings on this, that, or the other. 
And as I've watched the church come to the end of their ability to love one another, and I'm looking at them like, you better tap into a love that's beyond your ability. You better learn that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he's not limiting his, his ability to love. I'll tell you one that'll mess you up. God loves the rapist. So I don't exactly because you're limited, but he can, and he will, and he does. Are you still there? Say yes. Let me tell you who you and I, let me just give you a couple thoughts. Like order, I like to be orderly in my thinking. Let me give you a couple thoughts on people that we need to love. The types of people are who we need to constantly be having a supernatural love for. First and foremost, write this down, your family. Your family. You and I have to have a supernatural love. And I'll tell you why. Because when it comes to family, the reason why it's difficult at times to love family is because we realize I'm with them forever. Listen, young person, you can't switch your mom and dad. That's the ones you got. Sorry. They may not be perfect. You may wish you had somebody else, but that's the ones you got. You can't give you, trade your kids in for a new one. You can't do it like a used car. And say, you know, can I just get the newer version? Because this one's not working. No, they're your family. And God gave them to you. Where you were positioned on this planet in the timeline line of history, God did that. And so you and I have to have a supernatural love for our family. And I'll tell you why. Because, because we see their failures. Their failures affect us more than anybody else. They're deeper. They cut us deeper. I know what Jamie and I, I mean, she has to have a supernatural love for me. Because why? Because she opened up her heart and her life to me more than anyone else because I'm her husband. And so when I'm an idiot, when I fail her, it cuts deeper. Because, because she doesn't let anybody else get that close. I'm her husband. I'm the one that she trusted. And so when I'm, a, when, when I'm an idiot, when I make a mistake in that, it cuts so much deeper and she has to have a supernatural love to continue on with me. Are you there? Say yes. In fact, if you were ever to go through our website and you'll see some of the videos that we posted over the years, a few years back, we posted uh, the storyline of uh, Mike and Roxanne Chapman. And they, they, she, Roxanne testified about how she was at the end of her marriage. She, Mike had heard her one time too many. She was done with it. And she was in our church. And Mike would come and not come. And, and she just was done. And she said she got before the Lord. And she said, Lord, I have no more ability to love this man. The love is gone. The love is gone. It's out. I am I, I, I'm empty, Lord. There's not nothing left. It's over. I don't know what to do about that. And the Lord spoke to her and he said, why don't you let me give you my love for him? Look at, this, look at the tweak. See, you have to recognize you don't have the ability. You come to the end of yourself to love people. I'm at the end. Lord, I can't do it. And he goes, good. Now, will you let me fill you with my love? Will you let me give you super? I'm talking about a super. I'm talking about walking in supernatural love that makes no sense. That's not natural. That's not that you can't muster in your own strength. You can't make it happen. Most of my frustration with preachers is I hear them talk about how we need to do this and we need it. If I could do it, I wouldn't need Jesus. I can't do it. I can't be better. I can't love that person. You know what they did. But God has a supernatural miracle to give to me that I can walk in love even though I don't know how. I can have his love abiding in me and flowing through me to that individual. And when it comes to our faith, Mike, and, and Mike testified. He said, I couldn't believe she still loved me. She said, I didn't love you, but God loved you, loved you 
through me. He began to give me his love, and then I could love you through his love, not through my own strength. And I want you to know, every time I see him in church, she gets big tears, and she looks at me, she says, I love my man. I love my man. He's like, I can't believe she loves me. I just can't believe you. I'm like, I can't believe she loves you. I don't even like you right now. And I'm just kidding. I love this. It's one of my favorite people in the world. Here's a second group of people or group that we have to have supernatural love for, and that is the people of God. The people of God. And I think the reason why we struggle sometimes to have love for the people of God is because we expect them not to act like idiots. You're supposed to be a Christian. You did what? You posted what? You said what to so-and-so after I I shared my heart? You didn't invite me like you invited everybody else? Why, you don't like me? I was talking to some people I love so much, even yesterday. And, 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 And this young lady told me, she said, I just... I just don't want to go back to church. I just love God. I just don't trust the church. And I said, sweetheart, I can't tell you how many times I've had that, how many people I meet that are like that. I said, but at the end of the day, we are called to love one another. In fact, there's Holy Scripture says, they will know that you belong to me by the way you love one another. Said, if you, in fact, what we read was if you don't love, then you don't belong to me. He said, well, I can't love them after what they did. I'm going to sit across the church, and I'm going to glare at them. That's what I'm going to do. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be a part of that church. Like, you're not going to do that here. I'd rather you go somewhere else because, you know, I'm going to learn, you're going to learn to walk in supernatural love, forgiveness, and kindness because love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle. Come on now. And you say, well, I love them, but no, you don't. When you start into the butts about it, no, you really don't. And what you need is supernatural help. You need supernatural, miraculous something happening inside of you. you got to dive in to the ocean of God's love. And then and only then will you be able to pour out love because it's not yours, but it's supernatural. You say, man, that brother did me dirty, but I still love him. I'll never forget when I moved to Texas, I was angry. I was bitter at the minister who did me dirty, who did my, my, my family dirty. I, I'm an, I, I had to move away from my, chil- my, my, my parents. They had to take their grandchildren away from them to get out of Dodge because of what was transpiring. I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. In fact, I, I, I didn't. I, I still to this day don't know what I really did, but all I knew was I was being rejected by the person that I loved in ministry, and it was my boss, if you will, was my headship, and all I know was I was angry and hate came into my heart, and I remember that hate, and I remember going, I don't want to be this person, but I can't stop it. Every prayer was, oh God, expose them. Every prayer was, oh God, bring about justice. Oh God, justice justice, justice. Lord, expose them, destroy their ministry. And then finally one day he said, how about you pray that the body of Christ won't be destroyed? How about you pray forgiveness towards those who've harmed you? How about you ask me to give you the ability to love those who've done you wrong in ministry? I said, no. Took me a while. Come on, I'm just being honest. Are you there? Say yes. It just took me a while. And I, and I, and I start, my prayer started changing. I said, okay, Lord, I'll start praying for them because what I was doing was complaining. I wasn't praying. So I started praying. And my prayer shifted from expose them to, Lord, transform them. And then my prayers changed from transform them to, Lord, cover them. And then my prayers changed from, Lord, thank you for entrusting me with their humanity because I'm not going to leave you. Thank you for trusting me that I could go through that. He said, have you considered my servant Adam? Because he won't quit on me no matter what the church does to him. And Satan said, oh, yeah, watch this. Lord, thank you for trusting me like that. And I'm telling you, that bitterness began to just subside. And love filled that place. And love filled that place. 
And there was a few years later, I, I saw that me and that gentleman was at the same conference preaching together. And he looked at me, he said, you want to have dinner? And I dreamed of that day in times past where I was going to make him feel my scorn. <laughs> Come on, you do it. That's why you're laughing right there. You're doing it. Come on. Why? Because I was empty. But, I had, but what the devil didn't know was I had started slipping over into the ocean of God's love. And he had started filling me back up a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time for this individual. And in that moment, I looked in his eyes and said, let's go to dinner. And we sat there. And we talked about the good times. And we loved on each other. And God healed that broken place. You and I may not have the ability in ourselves to love, but there's a supernatural love by the supernatural God that we serve, that we can tap into. Are you there? Say yes. Here's a third group of people you and I have to learn to love and walk in love. And that is, ooh, you're not going to like this one. But the Bible t- says it, your enemies. How do I have love for my enemies? Just by, by way of definition, they're the people trying to kill me. They're the ones working against me. Just by defin- but just by using the term enemies. The Bible says, and love your enemies. And do good to those who do good against you. Lord, they're the ones trying to destroy me. How in the world can we do that? How can I even tap into that? But I had an understanding about enemies in my life. When I started reading the book of Ephesians, and it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I had a revelation that the people that I've identified as my enemies are actually being pushed, driven, manipulated by the forces of evil that are affecting me and causing them to be my enemy. So I'm not really fighting them. I'm fighting the forces of darkness that is driving them. And I stopped looking at them as the individual who was wicked and vile and horrible. And I started seeing the wickedness that was driving them. And I began to take attack against that. In the book of Acts chapter 7, they had had the apostles, the church was new and it was young and, and people were getting saved and transformed and the needs become really great and they're trying to help everybody and the apostles said, we cannot, we cannot spend every day helping the widows get food and taking, you, you, gave, you, know, you gave us some land, now we got to go sell it and get the money for it so we can help the orphans and, and, and make sure that the single mom you know, has, uh, has food on her table. We can't do all the operations that we want to commit ourselves to prayer and fast. So pick some men among you who love Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Pick those people who love the community of believers. And so they picked a couple of them. And one of them was a man by the name of Stephen. And in the book of Acts chapter 7, Stephen has this engagement out on the city streets with kind of, you know, out, out in the public area with these what they call Sicilian or Grecian Jews, excuse me. And, they, and they, they don't believe in Christ. And they believe that Philip is a part of a cult. And they have this engagement with him. And he's just so full of the spirit and so full of love that he just starts, he starts like debating them. Like, actually, no, the Bible says this in the Old Testament means this out of the book of the Torah, out of the Torah, excuse me. And, uh, and this and this, and it says they get so mad that they decide they're going to kill him. And they rip it, and, and he starts preaching to them, you're the ones who, who did this, you're the ones who, and they pull him out, out in the middle of the square, and they pick up rocks, and they begin cracking his head open. I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of a mob and you were the point of anger that they were trying to hurt. There have been a couple of times in junior high where a whole group of people decided they wanted to beat me down. I, I'll tell you right now, that is a, a horror moment in all of our lives. None of us want to ever be in that. Stephen is in this moment. They're taking rocks. They're cracking him upside the head. Someone's running up, hitting him and running off. They all take off their coats. They lay them at the feet of someone named Saul. 
as you know, as the Apostle Paul at the time, who was giving credence to it and was saying, yes, this is what we should be doing. And in that moment, as he's breathing his last breath and his head is cracked open, let me hear, tell you what he says in verse 60. It says, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. I want you to think about the person who broke into your home who is violating your children and about to kill you. Do you think that inside of you would come the statement from within you, Lord, forgive him. Don't hold this sin against him. What is that? That's not natural. Everybody say, that's not natural. No, it's not. It's supernatural. It's a love not of ourselves, but a love that comes from the Father. See, I want you to get a different picture. See, you think that I can only give what I got. I, I love the way I love. and I have people all the time. I, you know, I, the funniest thing to me is to meet with people who are rude, who are mean, who, who really cause conflict. And many times they will tell me, actually, I'm, I feel like I'm really nice. You know, I I feel like everybody loves me, and I love everybody. Really? You you know anybody like that? You're like, really? Like, I don't know what you think love is, but you ain't got none. But what's happened is our perception of love, and and the reason why is because, because we have so little of it in our natural ability that we think, I'm using all the love I've got. Right, and it ain't working. You say, well, I love my kids. I, I, I give them a place to live. I mean, they got a house, don't they? But you never once told that boy, well done, son. I'm proud of you. So, well, my dad didn't do it to me. Exactly. So you keep propagating this lack of love. We keep fighting over stuff that we shouldn't be fighting over. Why? Because we are limited in our ability to love. Oh, please, Christian, please tap in with me to the love of God, the love that is never ending, the love that endures forever, the love that never comes to an end, the love that has no limitations, the love that is supernatural. Walking in this supernatural love is what we're called to. And then the last group that I would remind you of that we're called to love in Scripture, and that is the lost, those who do not know Jesus. Those who don't know him. We're called to love them. To love them into the kingdom. So many times these days I see people, and when they recognize someone doesn't know Jesus, I see Christians, what they'll do is they'll shine that big old mag like in there. You need God. And they're like, ah, I can't see anything. Because all you're doing is overwhelming me with what you think is truth. And the Bible says it was his kindness that led us to repentance. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts, being brought out to others. In the New Testament church, you know why they had so many salvations, so many transformations? It says they found favor with all the people because of the way they loved. The community was like, that's real. That's real. They had no wants amongst them. Everyone's needs were met. They said, whatever that is, I want that. Because it was the love of God shed abroad. From, from, they were walking in a supernatural love that seems to be lacking for our generation. And when you and I learn to love the lost, we let the supernatural love of God overtake us. Can I tell you something? I, I, have, a, I have a supernatural love for a couple people who are just, just totally opposite of what I believe and how I live. One is a man by the name of Dave Chappelle. 
that guy right there, the comedian, black guy, I, he is, I don't know, God's given me a supernatural love. For, I pray for him all the time. That dude, I mean, and most of his jokes about how much he hates white people. I'm white. And I just love him. I pray for him all the time. I'll tell you somebody else, Ellen DeGeneres. I pray for her every day. And she lives in a homosexual lifestyle. And as I read scripture, I see that that's not how God created it and, 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 and what she supports and what she believes in. I have a supernatural love for Ellen. I dream of her standing before God and having this encounter with God and tears coming down her cheeks and going, oh my goodness, he's real. And I, just, and I just see her and the life that she is and the joy that she brings to so many people, but knowing the real love of God and, 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 and the hurts. There's got to be some deep hurts there, right? That she would, And I just see God embracing her and her just becoming, I just have this supernatural love for her it's supernatural i just i just do there's this thing some others i mean people in the community here that everybody hates and i just i love them my wife is like how can you even think about them they're horrible i'm like i just love them i don't know maybe you should jump in the vat of god's love with me <laughs> i don't know in acts chapter 12 the Bible states that James, he pastored the Jerusalem church, that he was killed, he was murdered. They martyred him, if you will, for the gospel. They had talked the king into doing that. And the way they were able to accomplish that is because there was a false accuser who lied and said that James did this and he did that, and therefore it was justifiable to have him killed. A man that lied on him his name was Josiah. Sorry, Josiah, it's not you, buddy. And, uh, and because of his false testimony and his lie that he brought forward, that he saw him do this, that he was a part of this, he was sentenced to death. James continued to love Josiah, not hate him, not tell that the church at the time was somewhere around 40,000 believers in Jerusalem. He didn't write letters against Josiah. He didn't call him the enemy. Josiah was lost. He did not know God, but he thought he did. And James continued to love and speak kind, was patient. And on the day that they brought him out in front of everyone, and they put him in front of the, the man with the giant sword to behead him. Think about Middle Eastern culture and what you've seen in the past. And they go to behead him. And in that moment, Josiah comes running up. And said, I lied, I lied, I lied, I'm so sorry. As he recognizes it's going to happen. And he recognizes the love that the Apostle James has had in the process of being misappropriated. And his life and his children and everyone watching this moment. He said, I lied. Everybody, I lied. Stop it. Well, it's too late. It's already been sentenced. It's done. And the Bible, history records that James looked at him and said, I love you. It's okay. I forgive you. And he says, how can you love me? He says, because my God is the God of love. And in that moment, history records that Josiah said, then I too believe in the God that you serve. I too will make Jesus my Lord here and now. Got on his knees, repented, and then said, now I will die beside you. And they beheaded both of them. Supernatural love. Christianity was birthed in the supernatural love of God. Christianity is about the supernatural love of God flowing through us 
even when we don't possess it. So let me teach you real quick. Can I give you a couple thoughts? Write these down on how to walk in the supernatural level. I'll help you tap into it. You ready? Say yes. Come on, you ready? Say yes. First and foremost, you need to wake up every day and daily remind yourself how much grace you have been given. Wake up every day and remind yourself how much grace you've been given. And I'll tell you why. Because in Luke chapter 7 and verse 47, there was a woman caught in adultery. They went back and forth trying to expose her. And Jesus finally, at the end of it all, he convicted all of them. They all walked off. He's left with this woman supposedly caught in adultery, which she obviously had been in. And he asked, you know, where are your accusers? She said, they've left. He goes, and I don't accuse you. Either go and sin no more. The apostles asked him about it. And he literally says, he says, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little loves little. Loves little. Those who've been forgiven much, loveth much. Those who've been forgiven little, loves little. I know what I would be if it weren't for Jesus Christ. I know where I would be. I know exactly what path I would be on were it not for Jesus' love. Invading my space, wrecking my pathway, coming alongside of me and calling me out of darkness into eternal life. And I'm telling you, I would be wicked. I would be broken. I would be smoking all the dope. I'd probably be in sexually deviant behavior. Why? Why not? Why not? I live the best I can in this life that I have. I would be stealing. I would be manipulating. I'd be a liar. I'd try to be a good dude, but I couldn't be. Jesus invaded that space. I became a son of the most high God. He's transformed everything about me. I owe a debt that I did not pay. I now have an opportunity that I would not have had, and that is to show that same love to others. Well, you and I can walk in supernatural love when our first thing of the day, all throughout the day, is we remember, Lord, if it wasn't for grace. Lord, if it wasn't for grace, I would be just like this one that I'm mad at right now. Lord, if it wasn't for grace, I'd be acting just like those, Lord God, that I can't stand right now. Lord, if it wasn't for grace and mercy, I'd be doing what my kids are doing right now. Thank you for grace and mercy. Here's the second thing I would teach you, and that is you need to recognize you are naturally limited in love. You are limited in your natural abilities. You're limited. You, you, you got so much that you can give into others. You got so much that you can pour out and then you're tapped out and there is no more. You are naturally limited. If you'll recognize that, that'll set you free. It set me free when I realized I just, I, I cannot love this one. Can't happen. Don't have it. Don't, what I got right now is I'm full of something else, but it ain't love. I ain't got no love for you right now. Lord, I, I, am, I am tapped out. I've given all I can give, and they're asking for more. They're like a dry sponge and want more, want more, forget, want more grace. I ain't got it. They should die by my standards. When you and I recognize that we're limited, that can bring us to step three, and that is that we then ask the Lord to give you supernatural love. Lord, give me supernatural love for these people. Give me supernatural love for that brother who hurt me. Give me supernatural love for that spouse who's not acting the way I expected them to act. Lord, give me supernatural love beyond my ability. Lord, for those who are my enemies, for those, Lord God, who are around me, who violently attack the name of Christ, the lost, the undone. Lord, give me supernatural love, which leads me to the fourth and final piece I would teach, and that is you need to learn to replenish from his love source. So I have just loved it. I watch ministers do this all the time. They pour out, they pour out, they pour out. You say, why do we find ministers that fall into sin? Because they poured out all that they have and they don't know how to replenish. They pour, and then they're tapped out. Then they're scraping the bottom. So their messages all of a sudden become more angry. Their messages become, they become more, more you know, uh, practically secular. And it's like, man, I don't even feel God in that. Like, I, I know he's a good brother. She's a good woman. I just don't get it. I, mm, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. 
And it's because they're tapped out, because they poured out, poured out, poured out. And what we do is, 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 is their congregation, we suck it from. And they're like, okay, okay. And then they're out. And so then they're like, I don't know what to do. We're all failing in that. We all need to go jump in the ocean of God's love on a daily basis. Saying, Lord, fill me up. Let me teach you how to do that real quick. A couple things that I do. I sit with God all the time. So I don't know how to do that. Learn. I just sit with God. I put on my Maverick City, and I just start listening and worshiping. And I just said, you know, because you're a man of your word. That's Maverick City, sorry. I just sit there and I'll just worship. And before you know it, in about 30 minutes, he just starts pouring over me. I don't give a bunch of requests. Lord, I need you to do this. And Lord, I need you to fix this. And I, need, I just sit there. I say, pour over me with your love. I just act like that sponge. Lord, just pour over me. Just fill me up because I'm at the end. I ain't got nothing for nobody. And he begins to fill me. It's, un, it's supernatural. I'm not talking about practical. I'm talking about supernatural. That's the series. The God of miracles. He said, man, all of a sudden, Pastor, I did what you said. I took my lunch break, went and set out my car, and I just, I just sat there. I took, put on a little bit of worship, and the Spirit of the Lord, I just said, Lord, come. I need your help, and he just began to wash over me. I just felt this courage, this power, this strength. Exactly. And for me, the second thing that I do is I pray in the Spirit. I asked the Lord when I was a young man to give me a prayer language, and he gave me this divine connection between he and I. I don't know what the words mean. I don't try to know what the words mean. I just engage with him like a lover, like a man who's in love with his God. And I just pray in the Spirit. And the Bible says praying in the Spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. That's what that's where God teaches. And I just, I just pray in the Spirit. And then I sit and I absorb his love and I soak in his presence. And I do that daily. And that's why he said, man, Pastor, I'm always so nice. No, I'm not. <laughs> but the Spirit of the living God is flowing through me. The love of God because love is patient, love is kind, it's gentle, it keeps no record of wrong. That's, it's amazing, people who, who don't have a lot of love because they, you know, they poured it all out and they're empty, when they do something wrong to me and they're a believer, you can see when I give love there, they don't know how to handle it because that's not what they would do. And they're like, wow, how are you able to do this? I know what I did, you, did to you was dirty, and I know that I, 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 what, I, what I've been doing is wrong, but you've seen, how are you loving me through this? And I'm looking at them going, <laughs> I have tapped into a supernatural love that's not my own. For God is love, and his love endures forever and ever and ever. I want you to stand. Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. But the word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. And you can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to PO Box 3815. Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.